Hello and welcome to the High Vibe Wellbeing Podcast, where I lift the lid on well-being and have conversations with inspiring leaders in this field in order to challenge you to think differently about health and well-being. I'm your host, Louise Broder, and I've worked as a physio for 20 years, as well as going through my own health challenges. I really know how important it is to start to listen to what your body is telling you and how to reconnect with yourself. I want to teach you how to go from surviving to really thriving. So today on the podcast, we have Deborah Taylor from the Subconscious Compass, and she practices a hybrid form of hypnotherapy. Welcome, Deb. So lovely to have you here on the podcast. Thank uh, you so- for liking me, Louise. I'm really grateful Brilliant. to be here. It's lovely to chat. So I, I know the amazing power of um, hypnosis um, and the subconscious mind, as I've experienced it with you, which has been amazing. Um, so before we kind of dive into kind of too much of that, can you just tell me a bit more about your story and how you came to doing what you're doing now? Right. So I think like a lot of people that end up going into alternative therapies, and I've noticed with other um, hypnosis practitioners uh, it's usually because of something that's happened in your own personal experience and I had been a typical sort of wandering seeker over a number of years looking for things I kept telling myself I needed to fix myself and and we both know that you know you don't need to fix yourself but there was there was something that wasn't really right I didn't feel happy I had chronic anxiety. I had OCD. Um, I was a queen of overthinking. And this was getting progressively worse the older I was getting. I was getting more weighed down with all my baggage. And it wasn't as if I had a particularly traumatic childhood or anything like that. Um, And then I had a fast forward to 2018 and during that year, a very close friend of mine who had no really close family, I'd spent a lot of time with her. She was very ill with cancer and she'd been ill for four or five years. And she sadly um, um, passed away at the end of 2018. And I had a lot of unresolved grief and other things that I hadn't really dealt with. And I had burnout. And I was also working, my background was very corporate. I was very in my masculine identity, which I didn't know at the time. And I was pushing and doing and just kept thinking I needed to keep doing more to get through this, that I wasn't working hard enough. And the way to deal with it is to was to work harder and, and just be harder on myself. And so I had this burnout and I started sort of, looking at everything around me, looking at where I was, how I was feeling. And I tried various alternative therapies. I tried kinesiology. I tried breath work. I tried meditation. And I was getting temporary relief from them. Um, But I wasn't getting anything. Like I wasn't feeling, I wasn't getting shifts. I wasn't feeling better. you know, in a deep, at a deeper level, it would last, say, a couple of weeks. And then all of these other feelings would return. 
Um, and I started writing a book. Um, and when I was researching the book that I was writing, which I've since parked, but I started to think about how could I, it was about women and divorce and finance. And I started to think, how could I really help? How could I help people more in this book? And I was thinking, I'm just still using all my corporate background and all these practical tools. I'm not really helping people at a deeper level. And so I started to look at how could I help people at a therapeutic level, particularly women. And that's when I came across um, hypnosis and hypnotherapy. And I started to research that more. I had some hypnosis sessions and had some really powerful shifts. I mean, one shift was that inadvertently the IBS that I'd had for since my 20s just seemed to go overnight because all of my all of my pain or all of you know, I don't know what you call it, but obviously people call the, the gut another brain, but a lot of my anxiety had manifested itself in my stomach. And so when I had these powerful shifts, it really gave me such an insight into how I could help other people who've gone through, who who are going through or experiencing what I experienced in terms of burnout, perfectionism was my major problem. So the anxiety was directly related to perfectionism. And so that's really what led me to becoming a practitioner um, was one, a desire to help other people, but also seeing how I was able to heal myself um, wanting to ha- to do the same for others. Wow. Amazing. Thank you for being so open and vulnerable. I think it will help lots of people that often, you know, lots of us, including me, have been through all of these sort of things that then, and have sort of shifts and changes that then make us kind of really excited to share, I guess, what we've learned and how we've kind of grown through the stuff that we've been through. And I think it's brilliant to be able to share it with so many people and to be able to help people through your experiences. Yeah, I think it's also, as you know, I mean, so many of us, we don't realise that our lives are rooted in fear of these and fear is a base note for most of us in how we go through our day especially this last year it's been (laughs) even more so with this last year fear's been even more of a you know it's it's ever present um and I don't really think that most people understand how much fear dominates their lives it's like Mm -hmm. it runs interference in your subconscious mind all the time and it's keeping you stuck and it's keeping you trapped and it's in all the stories that you tell yourself and and I was so fearful and I was such a worrier and seeing how that how you can use the subconscious mind to reprogram that away from fear you know you think well I don't want other people to go through what I've been through so I think like a lot of people, it's just this desire to help others. And, yeah. I think, and I just think that if we can 
how much better for all of us to live without all of that fear that just we're carrying around all the time this heavy burden yeah definitely life would be so much more amazing wouldn't it yeah and you and you know from the work that you do how much that fear feeds into stress and how much that stress as you know them that you know the body follows the mind mm. what do these statistics say something like 90 percent of most illnesses and diseases have some relation to stress probably I'm not sure about the stats but yeah I think it's massive in sort of the people that I have seen over the 20 years as being a physio I think it's huge and I think it's only just being sort of recognized and identified a little bit and that's what I want to sort of I guess share and talk about as well mm-hmm. can I just take you back to the um subconscious mind and the unconscious and the conscious mind sorry can you explain to people that maybe don't know the kind of differences between the two aspects of our mind yeah and then so, how it works with the hypnosis yeah so you have the conscious thinking mind um which is about six percent of the brain's power and then you have the subconscious mind which is 94 percent of the brain's power so one of the easiest ways to explain it is to think of an iceberg and your conscious mind is really the tip of the iceberg and then the subconscious is everything underneath so actually so much of what you do is is the the sort of the automated the subconscious covers the automated bit your breathing your heart how you're how you move all of these different things. So you've lots of automated actions and so on, but it also governs your fears and your thoughts and the stories you tell yourself. And so, so many people try to change their lives, as you know, um, from the outside in. So they try to work from the conscious mind, thinking that that can bring them lasting change and then they wonder why they always fall back into habits Mm. Um, and they go backwards or they get stuck in patterns and it's because they're not really addressing the issues at a subconscious level so when you're for most people your subconscious identity is formed by the age of eight and it's like being born and having a video camera and recording everything. And so those experiences and everything you hear and you pick up from your environment, from your family, from your parents, from your school teachers, informs your experiences, your beliefs. And those beliefs create the stories that you tell yourself and your thoughts as well and your interpretations. So they all go into that mix. <laughs> And and that's your pa- and that creates the pattern of behaviour for your life. How you feel about yourself, how you feel about money, how you how worthy you feel about yourself. All of these different things um, come from your subconscious mind. And um, and so with hypnosis and the type of hypnotherapy that I practice, it's really about you know, reprogramming that and and really allowing people to let go it's the letting go that's important letting go of the things that no longer serve them because they're carrying around programming it's a bit like a computer that hasn't had a software upgrade 
for, you know, for some people for 40 or 50 years. And so they're carrying around things that don't function well for them. And they are not where they want to be in life because they're carrying around that baggage. And it's about letting go of that and then reprogramming them so that they can step into the life that they want to have to let go of those habits that are holding them back. Mm. And it's so powerful, I think, isn't it, that we just often, you know, a lot of us don't know how much that subconscious part of the mind is so huge and how day to day we're just running on that a lot of the time that we're not. And and then, like you say, a lot of health and well-being stuff like diets and gym stuff, it's all focused or a huge percentage is focused on the conscious brain, isn't it? And and conscious habits and then like you say you wonder why or they wonder why they sort of fall off the wagon and and probably a huge percentage because of you're not you're dealing with the wrong part of the mind um brilliant that sounds yeah I that sounds amazing and I know how amazing it is definitely that it's very sort of um powerful do you think that it's much more powerful than things like positive affirmations because they're working in a different way. I think positive affirmations have their place. I think gratitude practice has its place, all of those things, but you need to have like consistency and comp- commitment and repetition. And I, But I have a lot of clients that come to me who do all of these things. I would say... Um, Pretty, I'd say every single client I've seen has had their has been on a journey. They've done all the they've done courses, they've done programs. A lot of them have done self-hypnosis audio work. Um, they've been in therapy. I've had clients who've been in therapy for 20 years. Um I have a client at the moment that has had three different therapists over the last two years. And is still in the same place telling herself the same stories. But every single day she's tried and she keeps up a practice of affirmations and gratitude. And I absolutely think they have a place, but they're still not digging out that kind of rubbish and stuff that you've pushed down and pushed down and pushed down over the years. Mm. It's a bit like somebody said once the, the mouldy stuff that you have at the back of the fridge that you keep kind of covering over with foil and like, oh, I don't want to deal with that. I'll cover it over with more foil. <laughs> and then it's getting worse and worse and more. It is. Um, Talk about covering things over. And absolutely, I think that's a brilliant analogy. Do you think that we're always aware of stuff that's stored like that in the back of our fridge in our subconscious or do you think it's stuff that we've covered and buried so much that hence the reason it's sort of in our subconscious does that make sense that is an absolutely brilliant question and um you're completely right so some of so some of my clients will say to me I can't remember very much about my childhood um to the point that they really worry about why they feel a certain way that they sometimes have concerns about what they might uncover when they do this work. Um, And others are like, but I didn't have such a bad childhood. I don't understand. 
why I'm struggling so much. And they have, like I said, they've done all of the courses, they've done online hypnosis, they're doing these affirmations, they've done so much inner work. Because I think hyp- hypnotherapy or hypnosis is not their f- is not many people's first port of call. It's somewhere that people often go when they've exhausted most other traditional routes. And so what do you think that is? Do you think it's got a bit of a bad name for itself? I think there's a stig there has been a stigma attached to it. Um, I think also this stage hypnosis and this idea that you can just like read a book, do some hypnosis and think yourself thin and think yourself more confident. Um, that doesn't really help. And then you've got all these old, I, you know, my, I remember my friend's husband, when I told him I was studying this, I had to go through quite a lot of people's you know, reactions around that. Well, they are, oh, look at this old James Bond film where this man hypnotises whatever, or you can just walk down the street and hypnotise somebody, that that sort of thing. But for my, so, but my clients are, are, they're they're sophisticated in terms of the therapies that they've tried. And then what they actually find is that where they they haven't realised what it actually is that they've suppressed, um, it, it gives them a release because it gives them clarity. And they just think, oh, a lot of sometimes it's like, oh, it's actually not that bad. Or I'm so glad it was this. I can't believe that I have been carrying this thing around for so long and made a big thing out of it at a subconscious level. And that doesn't mean there's any right or wrong. And everyone's different. Everyone processes things differently. Um, I'd say a lot of my clients are very highly sensitive lots of them are very empathic um and I would I would say I attract clients who are like me who were what I call square you know the square peg in a round hole where they tried to make themselves like a round peg (laughs) and they spent their most of their childhood and their you know young adulthood trying to be this perfect round peg and fashioning themselves in a way that would fit and that a lot of their issues are they move so far from who they were at a core level that they were carrying around all of these feelings of not being good enough not being good or perfect not fitting in because they tried to mold themselves in a way that fitted all of the social conditioning that they were experiencing And my clients come from different countries, so it's not just a UK phenomenon. Mm, that's interesting. And I think we get so used to, like you say, the conditioning and the um, not listening at all to our bodies because it's whether it's fear or we're too busy to even, we don't want to even go there. Um, that, that seems to be a, a theme that I definitely have seen so much and I think we're all guilty of it at times. And so your body is amazing. And I think it, it talks to you all the time. We're just very good at ignoring it a lot of the time. Yeah, that's so true. And that's the thing about burnout is that's that's when you've got to the point where you haven't listened to your body at all. Yeah. And, well, and, yeah. That 
<laughs> and I know I'd say for someone that was so rooted as I was in my masculine identity and trying so hard in a very male dominated environment environment that I was so far away from you know what people talk about as alignment mm. um I didn't even know what that was but my way of being was just the overdoing all of those different things and not listening to my body at all until your body just goes, I've had enough now. But it's kind of rewarded, isn't it, in this sort of, certainly in our culture in in the UK, but probably in a lot of cultures, that kind of real desire to be good as well as very driven, whether you're male or female, I think, um, that kind of pushes you. And then when you get sort of rewarded, whatever that looks like for that behavior part of your brain thinks oh that's good I need to keep doing more of that doesn't it and and then you get sort of a bit addicted again in a very unconscious way and you're not necessarily aware of that but yeah I think that's the thing um it is that reward that we get for those behaviors and it's how we've been programmed you know from from family and from schooling that external validation, that reward for working hard and and pushing yourself and pushing yourself more. And then you get into the comparisonitis because you look around and see everyone else doing that and you think, I should keep on pushing myself. And then and it is that, it is our environment and it is the rewards that we get for it. Mm. And part of the, the, the thing that we work on, that I work on with my clients as well in in. Um, hypnosis is really about building yourself up from the inside out um because as you know we've all we lose we've lost that connection to self we've lost that ability to love ourselves and reward ourselves and celebrate what we do um because we're in a culture where everything is from the outside in Mm. um and so what happens then and i see this with um with clients who from the professions and I've experienced that every bump in the road in your career or your 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 business or if something goes wrong where you're working you feel it so with it deep within you that that is that is one of the issues that a lot of my clients have but it's an, it's one of those things that sets them on that path to kind of burnout anxiety depression um because they're feeling all of these knocks mm-hmm. um so they're so their career is so much part of their identity mm. um and that they put it, it they take everything personally when something happens that's not a good not in the plan of that you know pr- trajectory of always you know ticking boxes and going further up mm. i think that's so common in lots of professionals I I think with self-employed people as well it's probably quite sort of common as well because it's their whatever they're doing working for themselves they're putting themselves out there and then that makes them a bit more vulnerable to then criticism or, or not getting the business and the work and I think that because like you say it can be so tied up with who you are especially if you're stepping out into stuff yeah. that you really believe in which it's hard, but it's separating that, isn't it? Or those two things. And Yeah, it's so true. And also coupled with that, 
you know, relationship breakdown, divorce, all of those sorts of things, grief. You just add the, it's never usually one particular thing. It's usually a mix of these things mm. that um, precipitates a series of events where um, clients kind of hit those, hit that sort of proverbial brick wall. Mm. And so you, you, I guess we've touched on it a little bit and you mentioned it yourself with the IBS. Have you seen hypnosis be quite effective with people's health problems and well-being um yes yes i have um i it's not it's not something that um i i know that other people that i have studied with who particularly specialize in um certain kind of issues like eczema or weight loss or um that side of things they see that change in terms of pain i see it inadvertently because i don't tend to have clients come to me with that as a as a an, as a, a major presenting problem but what i have noticed is quite a few clients who actually have back pains that when they start to um let go of their their past baggage start to shift in terms of their self-worth, their self-trust, their self-belief, that they actually notice that those pains start to go. And I have had clients who've had um, significant childhood trauma from abuse, um, who've had really chronic wound pains, um, and they would have really difficult menstrual cycles that after working with me, one client in particular, after about eight weeks, um, she, she'd stopped having her fear of what she would experience every month and she'd stopped getting chronic wound pain. Wow. In my experience for me, because it's not something I particularly focus on, um, that it's a, it's a sort of a, it's a, another benefit that they that clients often experience. Whereas I know that um, people I've studied with who particularly work around skin conditions, um, some people do work around things like multiple sclerosis and so on, they do get significant um, shifts in their clients' health, in their physical health. Wow. So, so it's yeah. So it's definitely worth thinking about what's what's going on in our subconscious, which, like you say, we're often not aware of. Um, yeah, and I think there's something um, around the subconscious mind that it goes back to the sort of tribal side of things and how our um, our primitive mind, the primitive part of our brain works, the amygdala, um, around... Um, sort of tribal behaviors and how we are in families and you can see that there's benefits in childhood to behave a certain way it's part of our environment and conditioning so you may get the child who's very clever the one that's very dutiful that's the caregiver and then you'll get maybe another child who's the rebel because they get attention from being a rebel and then you get the child who gets attention from being sick 
Um, and I saw that in sessions in my training as well, where um, somebody's had, a, a person's had a chronic eczema and then actually at the root of it was the attention that they got when they were very, very young. Well, sometimes it was a way of actually some stopping somebody hurting them was actually to get very sick. So there's multiple reasons in our subconscious as to as to the root causes of. Mm. And our subconscious mind is very protective, isn't it? So that, and, and like you say, sometimes it doesn't have to be these massive traumas and things like that, but it's stuff where pushing down and suppressing whether it's a person that you just don't get on with at work or you're doing a job that actually really doesn't fit with your who you are or, or what you're kind of designed to be doing it can be on a much lower level than some of these sort of huge things I think people think oh well I guess like in the UK we don't go to therapy as much as maybe people in a, in the states do that it's just cult culturally different However, there's lots of stuff that we absorb and take in and, and maybe don't realise how it's affected us. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I meant where some of some of my clients will say, oh, it was this. If we go, if we do, uh, if we do some regression work and I'll go, um, one of my clients recently was, it was this, it was at a summer camp where my parents didn't, pack food and all these other children had things and my parents didn't come and visit <laughs> I've been carrying this around and then when you look back on all of it, it all made perfect sense mm. but as as a seven-year-old he looked at everybody else and then looked at you know what he didn't have and that made a really profound effect on him it was mm. connected to a number of a number of issues but it it doesn't it doesn't have to be something incredibly traumatic for mm -hmm. us to find feelings of fears of abandonment or not being good enough. And we're all we're all different. And our our interpretation of events is different. You could have two people experiencing the same thing and they will have different interpretations, won't they? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So for people that are thinking, well, not sure about this hypnosis, it's a little bit kind of a little bit woo or a little bit um, unsafe. What would you say to sort of people that are kind of a bit worried about because they've maybe seen it on TV or sort of the stage kind of stuff that I guess looks at hypnosis in a very different way or uses it in a different way? Yeah, I think that I think it's about control for a lot of people. And you know when you've experienced it yourself, you are still in control. It's really your conscious mind is resting and that your subconscious you can access the subconscious mind. And you you're still in control. You can still think, you can still hear things going on in the background. Um if you've got somebody's name wrong, they would easily say that's not my name because I had that when somebody got my name wrong when they were doing hypnosis on me. So you you are you are still present, um, and it's just a different brainwave state. Mm. 
Um, the deepest sort of sense of relaxation, isn't it, really? Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, very much so. So it isn't at all like they show in the films. And it, you know, if it was, every hypnos- every hypnotherapist would be incredibly rich, wouldn't they? Because people would just be able to so say, give me loads of money or something like that. You know, that doesn't happen. Um, so it's um, it's just a different way of of accessing the subconscious mind and working with the subconscious mind but you're still present you still um you can come out of hypnosis whenever you want so it's like you said it's just a very deep level of relaxation and I guess the positive sides are that your subconscious mind is just very receptive isn't it when when you're in that deeper state to then reprogramming or with the positive affirmations that you could maybe use but in a hypnotized state are going to probably be more effective aren't they because you're working at a different level yeah because you're penet- you know it penetrates more because you're that conscious critical part of your mind um isn't there to override that um and that's the thing about the positive affirmations it's much easier at, at the subconscious level but as you know, only after you've done that inner work to reprogram, because if you, I think this is the thing sometimes with clients who've done a lot of these self-hypnosis recordings that they've brought, they tried to use those a lot. But actually, if at another at a subconscious level, your mind is going, well, I don't really feel like that. Yeah your mind can't hold conflicting, your subconscious mind can't hold conflicting thoughts. So if you're saying I am worthy and you haven't dealt with the bit that doesn't feel worthy, it's a lot to override that Mm. without really addressing the subconscious reprogramming and looking at letting go of those bits, those stories you have around unworthiness. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, I'm a I'm a convert, definitely. I know how powerful it is, definitely. So I'm, what, I'm here, so um, yeah. What would you say are your top kind of well-being tips? For me, it's really the management of your thoughts. That was um knowing that you are, you know, you're the thinker of your thoughts, that your thoughts aren't real. And being able to pattern interrupt the thoughts is really important because so many people have an issue around their inner critic. And I think at a well-being level, that for me is my number one thing is pattern interrupting. And I I still pattern interrupt um, my mind a lot. Um, by pattern interrupt for people that are sort of like what does that mean so a pattern interrupt is just it just pulls you up short it gives you space and I will say when I get a thought that I that that's unwanted or it feels like a story I'll say I'm not available for that and then I'll say because I love myself and just when I pattern interrupt like that and then saying because I love myself the feeling I get after I do it repeatedly, I don't just do it once, is I start to feel really relaxed and I feel very calm and it gives me a feeling of inner peace. 
Um, and so that's my 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 major well-being is really around thoughts because for me that was the 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 thing that I struggled with so much. And because I had OCD, um that was such a that was such a big thing was shifting away from obsessive thoughts. And and just that affirmation that I love myself is important. Mm. Um so I don't I don't get into complicated um I don't do anything particularly complicated now to to interrupt my thoughts. I just do that simple. I'm not available for that because I love myself. And then after I do it repeatedly, then my brain sort of moves away because our our energy goes our energy goes wherever we put attention on something. So if we're if we get into a thought spiral, it's because we're putting more attention onto that and then giving that too much more energy. So that's yeah, that's my major well-being. Brilliant. And I think that's so simple and effective. I think it's hard, isn't it, when you first start, because you don't realize how much you're driven by all of these thoughts and how one thought can spiral into another thought. And like you say, get into this kind of, oh my gosh, like all of this is really awful. And um uh, I guess especially in this last year of everything going on that um it's ever more important isn't it that sort of what we're telling ourselves as well as all the external stuff kind of coming in that um it's the one thing that we can really control isn't it yeah the managing the thoughts particularly over the past year where people have been dealing with this sense of isolation and and so many of us are spending our days on our own in a room staring at a camera (laughs) not physically being around people that isolation is just a breeding ground for negative thinking and then you put on the television or listen to the radio and it's just a constant stream of negative news that just reinforces that negative feeling and so it's difficult for people to get away from that negativity that's another well-being tip is don't listen to the news very good tip that that I would stand by as well definitely yeah because you're just compounding the problem and I would say particularly for children so if you have children and you have the news on in the background children are so they pick up on everything um and they're going to pick up on that doom and gloom and and negativity and I know for anecdotally from talking to friends of mine that you know, that their children children or young adults really have struggled so much over the last 12 months and particularly with feelings of this impending sense of doom or that something awful is going to happen to their family to their parents and that has such a a huge impact on their mental health because they don't have the frame of reference of somebody who's much older who's who's had various experiences and has built up a different level of resilience Mm. yeah I can put it into context a little bit more yeah or or think about the flip side of other things as well yeah Yeah. well thank you so much Deb for talking to me I could talk to you all day about all of this stuff so um, thank you so much for having me I've really enjoyed chatting to you so if people want to find you if they want to look you up or work with you where can they find you um they can find me on linkedin um deborah taylor 
The Subconscious Compass and my website, thesubconsciouscompass.com. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much. High Vibe Wellbeing Podcast will be a weekly podcast where I have conversations with inspiring people in the wellbeing arena. If you love this podcast, please subscribe and I would love for you to leave me a five-star review. Please share with anyone else you think would love it too, so we can have a ripple effect on others. I love to connect with people, so please look me up on Instagram, where you can find me at hi underscore vibe underscore wellbeing. Mm-hmm.